0: Episode 149 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharp. Hello! And Matt Casale. Hey, guys. It is Monday night, April 25th. And tonight we're going to talk a little of what you've been reading. We may even cover the latest X Men Apocalypse trailer.
1: I have things to say about that trailer, by the You're way.
2: Bubbling up with opinion
1: we watched that trailer (coughs) what about 20 minutes ago and i was ready to go right then i wish we would have just hit record right then because i had things to say but anyway can we just zip right through housekeeping so we can talk about this trailer let's
2: do it housekeeping with ian sharply we can do it go ahead and go to mcsauce.com you can check out the web comics the reviews the podcast that you're listening to right now if you go to the facebook page you can like us and love us and follow all of our updates and you can find this podcast on itunes stitcher podomatic
1: and i'm all done
2: boom what's facebook page that's fa- uh facebook dot slash backslash forward slash there
1: you go folks we'll
0: see you there that doesn't sound right and i don't even book phase. Facebook. The people that are slash the people that are book,
2: uh, the folks that are booking face, they all know how to book it. But so what let's, about what about if you just started listening to this? If you just started you listening to this, account. it would be uh, a miracle. Yeah, I don't know how you would <laughs> have stumbled upon this. If, this.
1: how have you gone this long
0: without? Yeah, if, if this without is your first outcomes.
2: episode. We have
0: other... Get in contact with we us. Have tell other me. social media outlets, though, oh. capable of reaching the masses. I mean, maybe we don't touch the masses,
2: but
1: it's out there.
2: Yeah. Is there, anything,
0: is there
1: anything cool on the on the Facebook page?
2: Um, we have the Murder House. Your trip to the Murder House is on the Facebook page. Yeah, I has.
1: decided to make the old six-month trip to the Murder House. This time, I, I did it by myself. Bold. I noticed you
0: drove a little faster this time in the car by yourself.
1: Was I? F- I was faster going down the side. Mm, you were fast in the beginning. Was I really?
0: Yes. Whether well, he was
2: good with the camera. Under yeah oh yeah absolutely.
0: Driving faster, camera by yourself. It was. It, it looked like you had a. It looked like you were on a professional dolly.
1: Thank you. I was weaving around all of that creeps vehicles on that road because he moved his truck up up the road that has all the, the Christmas Misfit like ornaments and shit oh, hanging out. He moved yeah. that up the road because what had happened was he was... So as you may know, based on the Fuck Ross Township uh, <laughs> blinking lights in the video that you can find on our Facebook page... Um, he, he has a feud with Ross Township, believe it or not, and as a way to annoy the township and his neighbors, he decided to park that monstrosity of a pickup truck with all those ridiculous ornaments and, and decorations right on the side of, like, the main road, which is right off of his road. Well, I guess one day he moved the truck, like, I don't know, he took it to work or something, I don't know. But Ross Township then parked one of their trucks in that exact spot and left it there for months. Oh, that's And then sense. he moved his truck up the hill. So I had to weave around. His truck's on the right. His Mercedes, which, how does that guy have a Mercedes? His Mercedes is on the left, and I'm like kind of zigzagging around it like it's some kind of slalom.
0: I am torn about this whole situation because part of me thinks it's really fucking funny. It is, it's really fucking hilarious that this guy is like, I mean, he's such a nuisance. (laughs) Nuisance. That's putting it
1: so mildly. But,
0: I mean, that's what he's doing. He's not really causing any trouble. No one's in danger. Is he
1: not? I mean, those people can't. What's the definition of trouble here? Because I think he's causing trouble. Trouble. he's causing trouble, but he's not causing trouble that's putting any
0: lives in danger he is a complete nuisance to his neighbors
2: and the township of ross he has made all of those houses unsellable those people are now prisoners yeah, on right. that street with him so i would put him a level above Nuisance.
1: <laughs> nuisance sounds so mild, like yeah. I
2: mean, a nuisance is somebody that has a barking dog. Yeah, uh, you know, somebody that might have. I, I I don't. Know. I, I get
1: what you're saying. He hasn't. He hasn't caused any kind of life-threatening type uh, actions, but at the same time, he has threatened lives. He has. Threatened to shoot people in the head, and he has the signage up around his house. Like yeah, to prove
0: but isn't it. that like he's? I can't believe I'm defending this guy. <laughs> <laughs> <I> know, <man. laughs> but is it isn't that I'll shoot you in the head because, like trespassing, like if you come on my property, I'm gonna shoot you in the head,
2: and that's in his that's in his right. You take. The I'll shoot you in the head, beware of dog signs from other people that don't have decapitated Santa heads and fuck Ross Township on their houses. And shooting floodlights into their neighbor's windows all the time. That is, I take it back, that's three steps above nuisance. This dude is...
1: He's, He's
2: clearly nuts, so I have to think he's crazy
1: enough to escalate it to some kind of physical... A-
2: absolutely.
1: I believe I believe the way that this entire scenario will come to an end is either we on McSauce are going to get killed one of the times we drive around his house. Most likely. We, collective three, or one of us. Correct. Three. So, All three of us.
0: Triple homicide. That's, that's the new definition of nuisance. Triple
1: homicide.
0: <laughs> Local nuisance <laughs> and serial killer.
1: I'm probably well, not...
0: Is three, is three serial killer? I thought it was five <clears throat> or more.
2: Does it have to be five or more? I don't know. Matt, you're the resident serial killer... You are killer the resident
0: serial killer specialist. I,
2: I don't know what, what qualifies as a serial killer, although I do want to make this,
1: um, this distinction. Uh... One of the like one of the things that kind of annoys me is when um a serial killer is referred to as a mass murderer.
2: Three um, or more people.
1: Th- because those those oh, are, like, so he
0: can get away with
1: us and be fine. If he killed the three of us why would you find that so fast? This fucking Wikipedia, son. If if he kills the three of us together, that's not a serial killer, that's a mass murderer.
2: True. Are we gonna split hairs here with how crazy this guy. Is. But here's
1: the thing. Here's here's for real how I think the uh, his name is um, I have no, no idea. At least 3
0: people over a period of more than a month.
2: Okay. I feel like the period of time is probably more in line with what makes what differentiates mass murder from serial killer. Correct. Correct. Right. That is right. No. I don't put it past him to hunt us down and Mix kill sauce us. Mix
1: agreement. Oh. I weird. don't think it hunt us down. So his name is Bill Ansel, And what I think is going to happen eventually is Bill Ansell is going to fire his weapon. He's going to either kill a neighbor or a neighbor is going to kill him. Or I think the most likely scenario is the police are going to kill him after he kills a couple police. Because here's my prediction. And as we all know here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, I give very good prediction.
0: Matt does give sure. very good prediction.
1: I predict... He uses his mouth. I predict the Ross Township police are going to show up to arrest him. And, and there's going to be a shootout. Does he seem like the kind of guy that's going to go peacefully? There will be no, a shootout, but
0: I I have a feeling he's the kind of guy that knows his rights and his legal limitations to the extent, and they may take him, and then he'll be right back at home in an hour.
1: So you think he, so would, continue he would go to be peacefully? An extreme nuisance. You so you mm. believe Bill Ansel is going to go peacefully into the night? I yeah I. I think he's the, he's the kind of
0: guy that would go to be like, hey, look, neighbors, they got me. You're finally safe, just to fuck with everyone when he gets out in an hour because he knows some loophole what? the Ross Township police. Don't so
1: know. if he goes to the to, to jail for an hour and he comes back, how does he escalate it from there? Because you know he would. Right? I can't
2: imagine what spectacle he would turn his household into at that point. <laughs> I mean, I I. I don't know.
1: Like at what point like what what is illegal? Like is it illegal to shine lights into people's houses? I feel all the like guns? it is but
2: I guess it isn't. Well that's a nuisance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and why haven't these neighbors just sh- like with BB guns just shot out the lights?
0: I see. I'm I'm going down the, the trail. I think the neighbors are finally going to be like fuck this. And they murder this guy.
2: Oh, and it's
1: not like kind of like the parents on Elm Street.
0: It's well, I don't even think it's gonna. I don't it could even be think even it's be higher
2: than that. It could be um, yeah. Go ahead, po- Poisoning of his pizza, yeah. something but like that. I don't that.
0: even think it's gonna be you know the neighbors storm the castle with burning torches. I guess burning torches is redundant. I I think I, I think, think it's, think it's, it's gonna, gonna be, an be an something like oh you know Bill Ansel had a you know had an accident, and he didn't make it. You know, he ate something bad, and we found him dead in his house three days later. And it's gonna be the fucking neighbors. Yeah, it was so Ross Township Police are gonna have everything they need to convict everyone on that that fucking roundabout, and they're just gonna turn a blind eye and be (laughs) like, you know what? It's over. Case closed.
1: (laughs) So the case that's not closed is our reaction to the x-men apocalypse trailer we just watched it it's the third full-length trailer that they've released so far i was surprised to see another trailer to be honest with you this movie is a mere month away and here we have it's got to be the final trailer right Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so ian you saw this this trailer
2: (laughs) i saw the trailer
1: and normally i like to start with you but i'm going to start with paul who also saw the trailer paul what was your instant reaction I feel like I was laughing too much at parts that weren't supposed to be funny,
0: (laughs) and like I don't know if I don't like I want to watch this trailer and be like, oh fucking shit, this looks awesome. Like I watched Civil War, and I'm like, oh, this is serious business. And I don't know if it's the fucking mood I'm in or what you guys are bringing out of me, but like maybe it's just watching it with Matt. When who is it in the beginning that says family?
1: i think it was professor
0: Xavier's it family
2: it's a family
0: was it i feel like, like it was
2: somebody that wasn't even british and we made that poll <laughs>
0: that would no it, it was xavier like that yeah that was funny uh you know we started laughing about jennifer lawrence's fist face oh, boy. like can you
1: explain her fist face
0: please? she's got a lumpy
1: face are pretty fists, are fists lumpy but lumpy yeah look at all those knuckles Oh, so It looks like she has knuckles going across her forehead. It know, looks
2: like it? her face is made of a fist. Oh, knuckles. <laughs> she's got a knuckle face.
0: She's really pretty. pretty. She's pretty. Super pretty. But her, she's got a lumpy face, and I've said this for fucking ever. Here's what I don't like about this trailer. I get a distinct X Men Three vibe from this trailer. I don't. I haven't heard any rumors. I don't think it's true but from watching this trailer, I could see Jennifer Lawrence rolling into production being like, you know what? I don't like... Who plays Xavier? McEvoy, James McEvoy. I don't like James McEvoy. I want to be the leader of the X-Men. So much like James Marsden getting unceremoniously dumped for to curry Halle Berry's favor in X-Men 3, I feel like... We're going du- to dump James McAvoy for a good portion of this movie to get our big movie star
2: to lead the X-Men. We already had some of that with Days of Future Past where they kind of reconfigured the entire storyline to be about Mystique. Well, now a character kidding. that in the comic books... I don't know about you guys, well, but I don't really give a shit about Does Mystique. that make it better or worse? It, it makes it worse because Mystique doesn't really matter to the X-Men universe in general. But now general. she's
0: the one marshalling... The X-Men. And this isn't, like, you know, this isn't HodgePodge, uh,
2: first... What was the Kevin first Bacon class? movie? This or, is, yeah, this isn't HodgePodge, first class What team. was the Kevin Bacon movie? Are you talking about Friday the 13th, or are you talking about... Who was the biggest star in first class? Kevin Bacon. The biggest star at that point? Yeah, yeah I
0: Kevin guess so. Bacon. Right. It wasn't the HodgePodge first class team. It wasn't even the sort of HodgePodge... Days of Future Past.
1: Wasn't Jennifer Lawrence the biggest star?
2: In First Class? Yeah. I think
0: it's still Kevin
2: Bacon. (laughs) In First Class, I think at that point, it might have been a little bit before... She broke in... The big Hunger Games break. Was
1: that her first X-Men movie? The big
2: Silver Linings playbook.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, that was before that. she
2: she got that, and that was supposed to be her big win, was being in an X-Men movie, but then she turned into this mega, gigantic star, and that's why we saw the entire storyline in Days of Future Past kind of circle around her, which... It, it made more sense than what's happening in this one. When has Mystique ever been the leader of fucking anything?
0: So, yeah, I, I feel like this trailer really gives us a, that the same X-Men 3 thing. Where, like, you know what? Was that
2: the biggest problem no, of X-Men so, 3, though, Paul? I,
0: no, it, it wasn't. But, like, what I was saying is that the, the first-class team's kind of hodgepodge. The uh, Days of Future Past team is kind of hodgepodge you know cuz that's the real bridge movie between the this new group of cast, the old group of cast, everyone's coming together. But this one is when we're finally supposed to see everyone get on the same page. We're going to see the original Stanley X-Men. We're going to see Angel and Cyclops and Jean Grey and Beast. Everyone's going to be together led by Mystique. And I'm like, well, fucking fuck, Mystique. I don't like Mystique in the comics. I don't like Mystique in the movies. Give me Xavier. We're finally gonna see see James McAvoy in the wheelchair with the bald head and the crazy eyebrows. Let's fucking go. And he's in the trailer. And yeah, we're gonna see him. But I feel like he's gonna be like third build in this John.
2: What did you think, Matt? You have uh, you're you're brimming with motion. Yeah,
1: so Paul, you're you're right. Uh, I don't know if uh, Professor X is going to get like third build uh, or James McAvoy, whatever. I I think that he's still going to be right up there. Uh, but I absolutely cannot stand Jennifer Lawrence in this trailer. Like she sounds ridiculous. She has zero charisma as a leader of the X-Men. And let's face it, the only reason why Mystique was put in the X-Men movies in the first place was to add sex appeal. They changed this character's traditional look from the white, kind of like loincloth type look with sort of that dress that she would wear. Which, I
2: mean, if they would have just did that legit that's pretty sexy right, i think but,
1: but what they did was they got a supermodel to play her in the first place and rebecca romaine stamos and then they realized well i think we want to do a little bit more with this character but we still want her to show her tits so let's get an actress that's got uh you know a nice body and we're gonna have her play this character i don't think they necessarily put jennifer lawrence in there because of her acting chops because i'll tell you the truth I don't see it. When everybody like raves about how great of an actress she is, I just see Jennifer Lawrence all the time, every single thing. Like I don't see her transforming herself, which is kind of ironic given the role of Mystique. Um, but I just, I just don't. It's just Jennifer Lawrence in her kind of wimpy voice, um, trying to sound tough. And every fucking thing she said in the trailer was a like a leadership cliche. I swear to God, it sounded like Mike Tomlin was suddenly leading the X-Men. There were so many cliches.
2: Oh. They're going to have a great chance against anyone in the AFC.
1: <laughs> the X-Men?
2: Yeah. The X-Men Absolutely. are going to clean up the AFC North? Absolutely. That shell of a Broncos team doesn't stand a chance against Nightcrawler and Quicksilver.
1: Um, it, it's, it's, I just felt like this is, this is Mystique's movie. And she's the part of it that I care the least about. I want to see Cyclops. I want to see Nightcrawler. I want to see Professor X and and Psylocke and Storm. I want to see all these characters. But Mystique is just boring.
2: And she's always been kind of boring. And it makes me feel bad that they cast Jennifer Lawrence as this. Cause I I well I agree with. The sort of hollowness of Mystique's character and her acting in this. <clears throat> Jennifer Lawrence is a really good actress. As Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games movies, she's really, really good. She does come off as a strong, powerful woman and powerful character i think they're trying to transpose some of that onto this mystique character i don't know if she just doesn't care as much about this role it feels like it but um, it it, to
1: me it feels look i don't think she's nearly the actress that you're giving her credit for being and apparently the rest of the world i'm I'm, all all i'm saying is that in the those aren't no i'm saying ian and the rest of the world feel a little differently than i do i just i don't see it whatever but do you think she just got
0: crappy lines in this trailer? I think there's there's a lot more depth that we may get out of her performance than what we
1: saw in this trailer. I'm not see, shitting on if her If we attitude. see it in context, I, you didn't think that the delivery of those cheeseball lines was, like, really hollow?
2: Yeah, they, they are all like, we are X-Men, and this is what we, we do. We fight, and, and we, yeah. we need to come together. And yeah. here's
1: the thing, Mystique is a bad guy is it we have decided to make her a good guy because Jennifer Lawrence is playing her yeah.
2: stupid yeah. that's exactly I it I do not
1: approve I do not approve this is not mad. approved we do not compromise <clears throat> listen to me we don't compromise the integrity of the story for the fucking um for the billing of the actor or the actress right Halle Berry uh,
2: right well, that's it, what they it did it didn't with work her too now uh, uh, devil's that that advocate comic books wouldn't, wouldn't be Ian otherwise, but go ahead. In in the land of... Well, I of didn't even that... call
0: Devil's Advocate when I was defending Bill Anvil. <laughs> Ansel. Ansel.
2: Ansel. Bill Anvil. I was just ben like, Bill you Inval? know what?
0: I'm on the side of serial killers. <laughs> Not surprising. But Devil's advocate over here.
2: In comic, in comic book land, how many times do we have villains switch over to heroes and heroes switch over to villains? So it's not like this is out of the realm of the source material. No, it hasn't actually happened to... Or has Mystique been a good guy for a little bit here and a little bit there? Not the leader of the X-Men, but a good guy. I would think... I, I believe
1: post-X-Men um, movies... She has switched over. Even did
2: she dabble in some good guy stuff with those? I, she may have. She may yeah, have. Yeah, I mean, like, so it's not totally fucking crazy that they're doing this. Like, I don't have a problem with her being a, a hero. You mean I have you a, the leader of the X-Men? I have a problem with her being the leader of the X-Men, just <laughs> not a hero.
1: <laughs> like, I could see maybe, you know, where she skirts that line a little bit and then she kind of helps out the X-Men. But when she is saying we are the X Men and we must fight, but with like less conviction than I just projected, I have a problem with
2: that. She says the standard is the standard, and we don't shy away from. And we accept the, that we don't shy away from a brotherhood of evil mutants or Sentinels, U.S. government.
0: I love Mike Tomlin Xavier.
2: <laughs> Mike, My, it's Mystique Tomlin.
0: Get it right. <laughs> Yeah, like, those were some rough... Like, I've been real up and down about this whole X-Men Apocalypse thing. Because, like, I feel like they reworked Apocalypse a little bit. He doesn't look like uh, Professor Plum or whoever that Power Rangers guy is anymore. He looks alright. His lips look more apocalyptian.
1: He looks pretty good. Every time we see him, I feel like he looks a little bit better. They've been tweaking it. Um, and you know it's it's interesting because Apocalypse is a larger than life character, like physically, right? But he's played by a pretty unassuming sized actor in yeah. in Oscar Isaac. Yeah, it's not even like you have you know The Rock in right. the Apocalypse. But it's irrelevant. They made him look big. They made him look imposing as he should. And they changed his voice. It's more modulated now, and he sounds really cool in this trailer, I thought. Yeah, I, I don't really have any problem with Apocalypse in this trailer. The problem that I have
0: is with the, the unthreatening nature of the Four Horsemen. And I don't know if it's because I've seen Magneto. We've been with Magneto through Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender for a few movies now that... I see Apocalypse and Magneto, and I'm like, holy fuck! And then Angel Storm and Psylocke, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because Angel could Storm, beat up all three of you, Angel Storm and
2: Psylocke are so pretty, all of them beautiful. Like
0: Michael Fassbender's pretty, but Michael Fassbender carries a weight. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he brings he brings a, a heftiness to that character on the screen. And you're like, holy shit! But those other three, come on son you're not horsemen of the
1: apocalypse who were the original horsemen then
2: in the marvel movies or no, I, I mean know. in the marvel comic books yeah uh, they, weren't they just random mutants that he selected as, and then he added archangel as death isn't that how it went you got me I never read it oh I but I, think... but I do know that mystique didn't lead the x-men that's true that's true but she may have dabbled in some hero business she may have dabbled I mean who doesn't it's college you know <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you know this is
1: a this is a really interesting movie because I've kind of gone from don't care to wow that looks good to wow that looks kind of stupid <laughs> I do not <laughs> know how this is gonna turn out like it looks like it's got the potential to be fantastic and terrible all at once.
2: It's got a lot of fun elements in it uh, i'm really excited to see psylocke on screen it looks like they fucking nailed that costume they nailed the actress it looks really cool except she doesn't look threatening at all well
1: yeah. i agree and i understand
2: yeah. like you know does she not look like psylocke though
1: oh yeah yeah so the costume is perfect yeah but there, there's so, there's like a I don't know. It's almost like an intangible, like a grav- gravitas to that character, like an intensity that seems to be lacking with um, Olivia Munn. I feel bad. I'm, I'm like, oh no, Beast, she's gonna get ya.
0: <laughs> she's not gonna get ya. You're gonna wipe the fucking floor with her. Yeah. Because even Beast <laughs> looks more threatening than those three fucking He still looks right.
1: terrible. Beast still looks terrible. That costume <clears throat> is atrocious. I feel like
2: I'm done with... That
1: person should have been fired after they put him in the Beast costume in first class, and then they brought it back for the next one, and yet, again,
2: like, please change it. I feel like I'm kind of done with seeing Magneto as one of the bad guys. Can we have... I know how contracts in Hollywood go. I understand that he's signed up for a bunch of these movies and all that, but I'd like to see one movie that features just completely new villains. The X-Men have a full roster of villains, a uh, deep catalog that they can pull from. I don't feel like who do Magneto... Well, they, would, are, well
1: see. they are doing it, but then they still include him, right?
2: So Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And Apocalypse is the main villain, but we still have to have Magneto in right. here. Well, who else, who else do you want? I mean, there are... I'm, the Shadow King Mr. is Sinister. one that comes to mind. Mr. Sinister. Um, the uh, Firecloth? Hellfire Club would be fun. Wasn't was Hellfire Club first class? Um, yeah, I guess they were first class. Yeah, yeah, that was who they fought in first class. Um, what Sauron is that big pterodactyl dude from Savage Land? Oh, from All that, Power. Well, that Sauron's pretty badass. Sauron Sky Sentry. Yeah, he was awesome. Throwback. Um, there are uh, who who were those Australian? Do you remember the Australian? Mutants that were kind of, uh, they had biomechanical stuff. I forget what the name of those dudes were. Dumb. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Point being that there are a whole host of X-Men villains that they can pull from. That I would rather see instead of Magneto for the fifth or sixth time that we've seen him.
1: I agree.
0: Matt, do you have anything else?
1: Not really, I mean i'm gonna I don't I just don't know about this one. Like it's so hard to kind of draw a beat on like, what do you think? I mean, do you think this is going to be good? Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I think it, <clears throat>
0: I think it still has the potential to be good. I'm not looking at it like, oh my god, this piece of shit.
1: Okay, so actually here, I I do feel like I know what it's going to be. I think it's going to be very much a mixed bag of of very uh, polarizing parts. So I think the Jennifer Lawrence stuff, which is going to be, unfortunately, like a lot of it, um, it's not going to be good. But then I think with a lot of the other character stuff, Particularly, uh, Quicksilver is great. He's great in the trailer. The way they represent his speed is so much more interesting than the way it was done in the Avengers movie. Um, It's way more creative. That character is infinitely more interesting and likable.
0: Evan Peters
1: is pretty great. He
0: is. Um, He was great in the last season of American Horror Story.
1: I didn't see that, but I did see the first season and thought he was great. I thought that he would have been a great... um, like son to Luke Skywalker if they had kind of gone that route. I thought he kind of looked the part yeah. pretty mm-hmm. solid. That's a good pull.
0: I
2: like that.
1: But I don't think they're going
2: there. I think there's a lot of like this film looks like the way we feel about Batman v Superman where there's a lot of really good stuff that we can hold on to but then there's some just dumb stuff that we don't like.
0: I think this is I think this overall this is going to be pretty good i don't think any of us are gonna leave the theater like holy shit that movie blew us away but we're gonna leave and we're gonna go yeah that's pretty good
3: it's pretty good
2: i also think that for everyone that isn't all that enthused about jennifer lawrence you know you're in luck her contract's up this is probably the last one that she's doing so
1: (sighs) they're
0: gonna
2: kill her i'd imagine it'll be a big send-off do
0: we want to do polynomics before we the, close see, out. See, here's the
1: thing. They don't have to kill Mystique because they can get any girl that's willing to, like, you know, get naked. Slut it up. Spray paint her blue and throw her in front of the camera, which is clearly what they've done with Jennifer Lawrence. Polynomics. Excitement. I'll, I'll do it now. I'll give you my excitement. A five. Expectations. A five.
0: Fifty-five.
1: The old Nick Lidstrom. It's gonna, it's gonna pull you in both directions. Joey Porter. Oh yeah, uh,
0: excitement. Five, I guess. Expectations. Seven. Woo! I think, I think there's gonna, I think we're gonna see more of the stuff that I want to see in this movie. Than we've seen in the trailer so far. Hope so.
2: Me too. Uh, expectation or excitement. I'm going to give you a five. I keep going up and down. I'm having a roller coaster ride with this one. Matt, like you said, you've gone through every trailer is like a different experience. It really is. And this time out, I. I did. I caught myself laughing at a lot of this stuff. Maybe it was just sitting here watching it. Because we called idiots. her fist face during um, the trailer. That might be why you laughed. The whole time I'm sitting there and I'm like, I really should be more excited about some of this stuff. But I'm just kind of not. I feel like I've seen... There's no big reveal. I've seen it all. And I know there is a big reveal with Wolverine being in it at the in the final seconds of this trailer. But it's, there's just nothing that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see... X, Y, and Z. I think it'll be a good enough movie. I give it a 6 for my um, my expectation. So, I, th- I think it'll... 6 is sort of my... This is an entertaining film. When does this come out? Um, End of May, I believe. So, yeah, I think that this is going to entertain me. I don't think it's going to be a heaping pile of shit. I don't think that we're going to have to reboot anything. I think that after this... We're going to be able to move along with the Jean Grey Cyclops characters and let these two actors grow into those roles, and I think their performance in this will be more than enough that I'll be happy that they selected. Was it Ty Ty Sheridan or Tyler Sheridan? Is that Cyclops? Cyclops. Yeah. No idea. No idea. Okay. No idea. All There's right. No James Marsden. These men. All right. Well, these two fucks. How's that? Sophie Turner. Yeah, I know. Central I star. wish
0: I like Sophie Turner. I love her on Game of Thrones. I, I wish can't I like, separate
2: her from that. Though, I can't so. either.
1: But but she didn't really do anything in the
2: trailer. So let's. I see wish I like
1: Jean Grey more.
2: Is that maybe that's what some of the problem with this is? This is sort of a origin story for the two main members of the X Men, and I don't have any emotional connection to these characters in these trailers. We just kind of see them use their powers here and there. Yeah, but shouldn't there's a version of the trailer if they're featured with, enough in this movie use their powers in this trailer with
1: mystiques leadership uh, <laughs> uh, encouragement
2: there's a version of this this trailer that they could probably cut if there's enough scenes with these two that you feel connected going into the movie Perhaps. for the main leaders of the x-men not just that random, chick that happened to be super famous and I was think, in the first movie I, I
1: think that Jean Grey and Cyclops are going to be kind of peripheral to, uh, to the story though I, don't, yeah. I, I realize what you're saying but I don't expect them to be kind of like any kind of main character
2: Yeah, I really don't either but I kind of wish that they would be
1: so. Paul who's the main character in the book that you read this week yeah that was a sloppy segue but what are you going to do his name's um, Kyle Kyle does, does that remind you of the old George Carlin bit? Nope. Really? Nope. Really getting sick of guys named Todd and his friend Kyle. Uh, I, don't no? no, uh, I don't know that bit. No, I don't know that bit. Oh, stick around folks. We'll put it at the end of this episode. I don't know that either. I guess um I, don't know,
0: I guess maybe Kyle and Todd were new names in the late 70s when George Cardin, Carlin recorded that bit.
1: No, but Todd we, and
0: Kyle are pretty standard fare. When when
1: George Carlin re- recorded that, that bit, it was actually in probably the early to mid-90s. Really?
2: Yeah. Um, Carden was going on for a long time. He was sharp.
0: Kyle, yeah, Kyle. I don't know what, the, what Kyle's last name is. Uh, I don't think Kyle's interesting enough for me to rem- remember what his last name is. So, what I've been reading this past week is Issue 1 of Outcast by Robert Kirkman.
2: Featuring Andre 3000 and Big Boy?
0: Nope. <clears throat> nope, not that Outcast. Oh, that's uh, bullshit. A new comic by Robert Kirkman. Creator of The Walking Dead and Invincible. With uh, art by Paul Azateka. Also the creator
1: of Battle Pope. <sighs> Robert
0: Kirkman, yeah. creator of Battle Pope. Yeah. Well, of, of course, everyone knows Battle Pope. I don't know why I didn't lead. With Battle well, You
1: probably should have led I'm with. Not sure why I led with you, Walking Dead. You probably should have led with esteemed uh, Savage Dragon letters column writer. So you guys have both
0: read this issue of Outcast.
2: Yes.
1: Yes, but it was a long time ago.
0: Because as reason, you
2: framed it, the new book—it's actually been out for like a few three months. years. Right. May I see the it? only reason I
0: read this issue is because it came with my. Uh, volume, I think, twenty-three of. The oh Walking yeah, they Dead. were
1: packing this shit in. There yeah, they packed it, yeah. that
0: in with the Walking Dead because Cinemax is going to be launching a series based on this comic. So they sent issue number one out free, and I'm going to watch the Cinemax show, but I'm not going to keep reading the comic. The comic is actually is actually three trades deep at this point, uh, but I read the first issue and there's really nothing in it that re- that makes me want to keep reading.
1: Well, what's it about?
0: It's about Kyle, who has been through uh, some kind of trauma. He's a real recluse, uh, real loner. His uh, sister even has to, like, interrupt him and force him to come see the family and everything. Uh, and in the meantime, that's intercut with a priest in this town performing an exorcism on some kid. And the gist of the story is there's something inside kyle you you learn that the trauma he went through with his family was because his wife was possessed and she tried killing the kid And kyle had something inside him that exorcised his wife so he's got some particular powers against these possessions and he runs into the priest in town and the priest is like hey i remember what we went through with you i could really use your help now and Kyle's like, no, I have these really cool fucking powers, but I can't use them because I'm just fucking sad and angsty. Oh, and your favorite? I can't fucking handle it. Oh, boy. So Kyle doesn't want any fucking part of it. Eventually, he concedes, and he goes and helps out and saves some kid. Where does this take place? I, f- I don't know. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, like, but no one's no one's likable. And that's that's the biggest problem I had with the book is that none of the characters... I'm not pulling for any of the characters. Like, you know, Kyle's an apathetic pussy. His sister's a fucking cunt. You know, the (laughs) the priest is the only normal guy Uh. in the entire book. And I I just have no desire to, to keep reading. Like, my only hope is that when the Cinemax series starts, they cast a more charismatic actor to play Kyle because Robert Kirkman did not write charismatic. I was gonna say he doesn't know how to write charismatic, but he does, because Rick Grimes in the comic is pretty charismatic. Andrew Lincoln in the show, pff,
2: turd. Rick Grimes in the comic, charismatic. That's because, this guy In wow, my opinion, Robert Kirkman, one day an angel, a comic book angel, came down and said, I'm going to bless you with these powers that you're going to be able to write a perfect comic book in The Walking Dead. He's like, but wait, I already wrote sold, fucking sold. Battle Pope, and you think you can transfer some of this over to Invincible? And they're like, no, it all stays with the Walking Dead. That's going to be good. All this other shit you write, crap. That's your opinion of Kirkman? And this whole time. Oh, I watched the angel come down. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is my opinion. I don't think that Kirkman is a... <clears throat> This whole talented time, writer like, I think that he had One great idea That is his passion Which is his he, he It was the muse That came to him And inspired him To write The Walking Dead Which is Great
0: And since then He's been like Fuck this I'm gonna beat this Fucking thing I'm gonna keep writing shit And one of these Is gonna be just as good Nope You fucking sold your soul pal Better make a crossroads deal To get out of that shit
1: Invincible Is equally good
0: Oh, a lot of people uh, think that you know but what? I disagree. I'm not going to I'm not going to argue that I very much I enjoy Invincible but talking the overall success that Robert Kirkman has had with The Walking Dead that's what this demon bestowed. You
2: say angel it wasn't.
0: What's okay that's let's, what he bestowed on You know Robert what Kirkman. I I take it all back. This,
2: it is a crossroads all demon. All this
0: fame and fortune. That's that's what Robert Kirkman got. Like, yeah, maybe Robert Kirkman is writing Invincible all by himself, and it's a solid book. But it's a solid book.
1: It's not a worldwide phenomenon. Right. But let's be fair. Um, the The Walking Dead is the phenomenon because of the TV show, not because of the comic book. He's, com- you know, he's not getting his accolades as like a Grant Morrison for, you know, just writing comics or uh, an Alan Moore for just writing comics. He's getting his accolades because of the popularity of the TV show. Are we that's true, the
0: but the
2: fact uh, that Robert Kirkman made a deal with A Crossroads Demon? I, I feel like that's, <laughs> like, very clear that he did. What I'm saying is that There's, The Walking should not Dead...
1: not be an argument here.
2: The Walking Dead comic book is leaps and bounds of ...above what I've seen him do before. And I don't like Invincible, as we've talked about before. But I also don't like anything else that he's ever written. But I love The Walking Dead. It feels like there are two different people writing the, the rest of his books that he's credited for... ...and The Walking Dead. It's two entirely different skill sets, talent levels, for me. And I feel like one thing...
0: Built on the other, you don't have the worldwide TV show phenomenon without the demon startup of the book, and like, and it's it's part of a package deal. You're like Robert Kirkman, you know, buries his shit in the middle of
2: the crossroads, and he's like, "I need this fame and fortune." And the demon's like, "All right, well, how far do you want to go with this? Do you want to just write a really great book?" And he's like, "Well, that would be cool, but." And the demon's like, "Or." Would you rather trade
0: X years of your life for worldwide Did, phenomenon? And
2: Kirkman was like, "Sign me up!" Do you think that maybe he they came back and they're like, "Wow, you know, the book's going real good, but would you like to renegotiate?" And he was like, "Wow, you know, I feel like that's what happened to Prince. He that's why he died so early was that he sold his fucking soul for like." all his all the fame, all the years of creativity, all the all the albums that have yet to be released that I will am, be.
0: I am really surprised that Prince died. All the other music, music deaths that have happened this year. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure,
2: but fucking Prince? That dude was supposed to outlive all of us. Uh, and he was still in the public eye. I didn't think that he was doing bad. It was crazy.
0: Right. Uh, he, yeah, he wasn't but, a, he wasn't a real recluse or anything. It's not like he disappeared.
2: When the when fucking Satan calls, <laughs> when the hellhounds come calling, it's you, time to go. You get ganked in your fucking elevator in your house, I guess.
0: So how many seasons do we get into the Walking Dead show before Robert Kirkman jumps up to the Deathpool?
2: Oh boy, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like this past season, it just keeps breaking record. It's the it's the cultural touchstone which everybody watches at the same time, everybody knows what's it's going like on. It's like Walking, with Walking Dead, Dead and Game of Thrones.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But do you feel that George R. R. Martin also made a crossroads deal? Um no, no. I feel like I feel like that was more some HBO executive that made that crossroads deal. Because yeah. George R. R. Martin was living in obscurity for almost 20 years before game of thrones broke big yeah so that had to be some hbo guy that was like hey kirkman give me the number of that crossroads
2: (laughs) do we think that this outcast tv show is going to be a hit like if we paul you don't seem to be all that enthused with the book matt both you and I read it a while ago. Didn't bother to pick up the second issue. I don't even remember issue. it
1: honestly. As I was looking through, it, I'm like, I remember like none of this. So
2: it it seems, can I say, much less inspired than the Walking Dead. Do we think that this Cinemax show is going to have legs and do anything, or no? It's
1: going to try to, um, you know, use the fame and fortune of uh, of Kirkman's name, the creator of the Walking Dead, but it's just not going to. It's not going to take. It's not going to have the same effect. Uh, the Walking Dead is great and popular because people like zombies and that kind of story. That's not this. I mean, Robert Kirkman's other comic books aren't flying off the shelves, even though he's the creator of The Walking Dead, so no, this will not be anything special. I,
0: Yeah, I, I don't feel like it's it, it's going to be Walking Dead or Game of Thrones special, but... I feel like it could be Ash versus the Evil Dead special. It could have you know some legs on a much smaller scale. I like the I like the premise. Uh, you know, it's kind of a you know fighting demons thing it's, like Lucifer, Supernatural. Those first shows of all, seem to have some first legs of all,
1: it's a Cinemax TV show. That's like a step better,
2: maybe than than a PlayStation original. Looking at you, Powers. Well, didn't the Nick get some heat? Wasn't that a show that people liked that started off oh, on Cinemax? People love the Nick. So, I mean, there at least is one other show that we can point to, but I do agree with you, Matt. It's sort of a wasteland. <clears throat> Ian, have you read anything good this over the last week? <laughs> yes, I have. I'm so excited for this fucking... <laughs> to, to... uh to dovetail what we were just talking into what I've been reading, which is The Walking Dead. Oh Jesus
1: Christ! I'm out. What
2: a segue, right?
1: Oh boy, I could you please be careful. Tread lightly with spoilerific information.
2: It's not gonna. I'm not going to spoil anybody because I'm not reading The Walking Dead from Image Comics. Robert Kirkman made a deal with several creators and panel syndicate was one of the set of creators, Panel Syndicate is an online pay-as-you-go kind of thing by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. He licensed a a story, said, you know, you guys can write your own story in this world of The Walking Dead. So Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin did a Walking Dead story, one shot called The Alien, which takes place in Spain. It's at the onset of the outbreak. And it's tied into the it's tied into the storyline of The Walking Dead, told in a very similar black and white kind of style. Marcus Martin's beautiful artwork, artist from Doctor Fate, uh, or not Doctor Fate, Doctor Strange, The Oath, and uh, other beautiful works. You get to see a American traveler in Spain. As the outbreak happens he's the alien and he's saved by a motorcyclist armored up in classic night gear from a museum this this woman comes along and saves him from the outbreak tells him that she has a plan to escape Spain and get back to America because there are plans or there are rumors that there is a cure somewhere in Washington to cure this outbreak, and that's how they're going to get pulling the old Eugene. Uh, well, I think maybe, maybe, maybe the people that fashioned that story sent it abroad. So the majority of the issue is <clears throat> this alien outsider, foreigner visitor, American, and his uh, his squire going through the city of Spain and trying to escape the uh, the zombie apocalypse outbreak and get back to America. Um, Where'd you stumble across this? At? I since I've purchased multiple books from Panel Syndicate, I got an email last Wednesday that this was out. Um, I had no idea prior to it that um, anything like that was going to be available. So I, you know, went on there, paid whatever I wanted, which what I wanted was two dollars. I think that's fair. And not bad. And what what's uh, what was pretty. It had some pretty cool art i always like the um i always like marcus martin and i it's cool to see him work in black and white the coolest thing was to see a different um artist writer team take on the world of the walking dead and try to explore some of those themes of the zombie apocalypse in the same world Um, i did have a problem with the end i won't spoil it but all say you know we always have to tie everything into everything so I would like this to just be a standalone story but it seems like it's not going to be something like that so um, I would say go to Panel Syndicate and you can you can pay nothing you can pay a dollar or two and you can download this uh, Walking Dead the Alien one shot
0: the problem I have with Walking Dead spinoffs is that it's gonna have, a, each spinoff has to have a really unique hook to really be worth the salt of the original Walking Dead. Even Fear the Walking Dead, I mean, it's, it's alright. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing special about that world. Like, you know, let's say you have, you know, you start with a Batman story. And then you're gonna do the Dick Grayson spinoff. Well, you still you're still in a very interesting world of Batman where you can pull from all this different stuff. In the Walking Dead, you're like, "Hey, more zombies, but now we're in LA." Well, so the fuck what? Now we're in Spain. Who cares? It's still zombies in the world. Like there's no real there's no real difference. Like your characters better be charismatic and interesting. You know, the relationships better be interesting. There's a lot more at stake. I don't think you can just... You can throw fucking Batman's name on any book, and it's going to sell more. But I don't think that goes the same with the Walking Dead name.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think people want to see zombie apocalypse. Like, I don't know if that's burning out at this well, point. Well, the Walking but Dead people, brand has done it very well. Yeah, I, I think that people are always going to be kind of interested in, in the world of zombie apocalypse.
0: Well, right,
2: but I mean... So do your own zombie story then. Well, I think this—the point was that Kirkman wanted somebody else to travel in that world, and he felt yeah. that these creators were good people to do that. They are good, good creators to do that. But...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, I kind of have to side
1: with Paul. Uh, what's the point? Because the zombie apocalypse can be done in any medium. The thing that is The Walking Dead uh, is the characters. There's nothing unique about the story i mean it's just the zombie apocalypse there's truly nothing unique it's the characters that inhabit that world now if you're going to take that world but then go in a totally different country with totally different characters how is this the walking dead versus just some other generic um zombie apocalypse story well they make sure to tie this in with to the characters i'm sure not to to any to the character event right because there are no specific events it's just the characters reacting to the world around them. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes The Walking Dead so good because it's so character-driven. And that's why I kind of, when you are saying, oh, Kirkman doesn't write anything as well. No, he does. That's why Invincible, to me, is so good is because the characters are so strong. It's so heavily uh, character-driven um, just like The Walking Dead is. I mean, the content is different, but... The way of telling the story is so similar, um, and with this, it just feels like it could be anything. Like th- this, the whole idea seems unnecessary. Like just tell a zombie story. There's not like when you throw the Walking Dead name on there, all of a sudden it's oh okay cool. You're doing a cash grab. Thanks for Fear the Walking Dead. I don't care. I'm not watching.
2: Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead. I watched a few episodes. Wasn't super. Uh, enthused it's sort of um, counterintuitive to a cash grab whenever it's something that's put out that you can pay nothing for so it's not panel syndicates not doing a cash grab they're just creating a cool story and hopefully people enjoy it how did you pay for it I paid two dollars but I could pay zero I got you I, I'm a man of honor Matt I don't know if you know this but um you are. One thing that they did do with this, which I kind of didn't like, um, was they do tie it back into something. Characters that we are all familiar with, and I guess a bit of dialogue that took place in a earlier issue that I am also unfamiliar with. <laughs> okay. So we can talk about that later. I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Um, but, Matt, I think that I witnessed you read something right in front of my very eyes. I read it right in
1: front of you. Uh, it was it was the newest Moon Knight issue from Marvel Comics. It's Moon Knight number 1. And mercifully they've they tell you right on the very first page it's part 1 of 5. So this is going to be a 5 issue series. Maybe they'll relaunch it at the 3rd or 4th issue. I ha- I'm not 100% sure, but I think it'll make it all the way to 5. Well, one. Who, pr- who puts one. out Moon Knight? Marvel Comics. They'll relaunch
2: it after.
1: You think it'll make it to number five before they relaunch, or you think they'll relaunch before they get to number five? That would
2: be so awesome if they relaunch it, it at four.
1: It, at four, and then they do number one and two to finish the story, and then relaunch it yet again. It um, a Marvel way. So the only reason why I picked this up is because of the writer. You guys may have heard of him, Jeff Lemire. He's written uh, such stories as Animal Man. Um, he's written uh, Bloodshot. Reborn. He wrote The Valiant. The
0: critically, critically and commercially uh, successful Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, that's right. Vertigo, Sweet Tooth. And uh, he's also writing a very good book called Descender for Image right now.
1: Yeah, I haven't is read that. Is it a very good, good
0: book? It's pretty good. How is
1: it? I've, I've essentially liked everything I've ever written. Or <laughs> everything I've ever read. Everything I've ever written for Jeff Lemire. You know he just uses my writings, right? So... He he's never let me down. It's really
0: you using Jeff Lemire as a pen name.
1: Yeah right. It, I've I've never,
0: pretending you're not Canadian
1: enjoyed his work because uh, it's your own. Every once in a while, you gotta you gotta give it a few issues. You gotta let it incubate a little bit. This Moon Knight miniseries. You gotta, let, mini it series, you gotta let it sit in there. Kind of let it let it steep. Let it percolate, if you will.
2: Talking so Jeff folks. Lemire writes coffee. Yes. And tea. And tea. Is he British? I feel like he's Canadian. He's super Canadian. So <sighs> he, he... is super Canadian. You gotta right. let it... You gotta let it brew. Well,
1: yeah, right. So, um, Moon Knight uh, Part 1 starts with uh, our hero, Mark Spector, kind of unsure about what is going on. He finds himself in, a, in an insane asylum, essentially, meeting with um, stereotypical evil orderlies that basically beat the shit out of him and have fun doing so. Uh, Then he also meets with a doctor that uh, finally tells him, hey, look, dude, you're not Moon Knight, and you've been in this hospital since you were 12 years old, even though you think you're Moon Knight. We've talked about this before. You need to let that shit go. And she pulls out this journal and shows him all these, like, Stories that he's kind of written about himself and and um, drawings that he's done and she's like there is a moon knight but you're not him and meanwhile he's having these visions and he's and he's talking to um, who is it? Khonshu, the Egyptian god. Yeah. And he he keeps talking to this Egyptian god and and the Egyptian god's kind of guiding him and um, finally he decides he's gonna escape so he. Takes his rags that are his—I don't know straight jacket I'm not exactly sure what it was, but his his complimentary uh, hospital garb, and he he makes a makeshift mask out of it, and he draws the Moon Knight logo on the on the forehead.
2: Just so they know who who they're dealing. Now, with
1: Now all of a sudden he sees. He can see everyone as they are. The orderlies are these Egyptian minions that he has to fight, and he runs to the top of the with the, cat heads. With cat heads, yeah, and he runs to the top of the, the hospital uh, on the rooftop, and he looks out into New York City, and he just sees like these sweeping sands, uh, kind of engulfing the city, and and pyramids uh, erecting like in the amongst the skyline. I believe they're dog heads. Dog heads, sorry. In the shape of the Egyptian god Anubis. There you go. And uh, he realizes the, the city is in peril. And he needs to, to do something about it. But as he realizes, this, those orderlies catch up to him and they kick his ass. And back into the hospital he goes. And he's the issue ends, he's unsure of himself. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Isn't Moon
2: Knight always it, unsure of himself, and yeah, his situation? I don't
1: know if I liked it or not. Um, it seems like good things could come out of this, but... I don't know what you only have four more issues to go. I'm just not sure. The is it arc? really one of five? It said so in the part one of five, right?
0: Is is that the first arc? Oh, maybe that's welcome the first to arc. Egypt is Lemire's
1: first arc. Could be. This is Marvel Comics, though, so I fully expect this to be a. Five yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah, this yeah, is this yeah. is also
2: right. the. Moon Knight. Moon Knight is not long for yeah, this world, th- ever. There's a
1: good chance this will get be canceled before it even gets to issue five. I don't know why they keep
0: fucking rebooting this character because this is this happens every, like, twice a year this happens.
2: Because, hey,
0: six issues, no one's buying it, we're done, let's do it again, stop fucking doing it, now. stop doing it. Moon it's not Knight, like they're doing it once every six years
1: to keep the license for the character. Moon Knight is a, is a cool character. Visually.
0: There's a vocal fan
2: base that really enjoys me. That's why everybody's like, oh, it's, it's Marvel's. It.
1: It's Marvel's Batman. He has not. He's nothing like Batman, in my opinion. Not even a little bit. Uh, and, and wears white. But but he's got a really cool look. That does make him totally. Different. He might be a, a cool cinematic character if they actually were to translate him to the to the silver screen. That could be cool, but all these failed attempts. Moon you know, Brian, a, Moon,
0: Moon Knight's a Netflix
1: character. Brian Michael. Yeah, could be mm-hmm. Brian Michael Bendis. You know taking a stab at it with Alex Malive drawing it it just didn't seem to appeal to me um, but being well, a you don't huge, like
2: either of those creators so that's why
1: yeah absolutely that's why but maybe I don't like the character because I read Jeff Lemire and I was just like oh okay with yeah. that said I gotta check out the next one see what's going
0: on I think I think I'm with I think I've reached the point where I just don't like the character. I think, like, it's just too fucking crazy. It's too bananas.
1: Greg Smallwood on the artwork. And this is even less... Like, it's... Just
2: flipping through this issue, it seems less bananas than other Moon Knights I've read. Even though he's literally in the fucking kooky house?
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, the... Even the ultimate Moon Knight that Bendis and Bagley did was fucking... Crazy. Like, I just don't think I can really get behind that character because he's so bizarre and just I
2: really enjoyed I need Some the, kind
0: of grounding for this character. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, then then you are asking him to be the Marvel Batman, and that's not that isn't what he really is. I mean, he is somebody that's mentally disturbed trying to be a superhero, and I think the the Malive Bendis run was probably the... For me, that was the definitive run. I really enjoyed who was, that.
0: Um, who was the writer when... Uh, Finch did it, David Finch did it? Was it Charlie Houston?
2: Um, is yeah. it Charlie? Huston is it Danny Houston? Huston? Danny. Is Danny Huston... Is, is Danny Huston... That's the actor, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, he was... Because that's a novelist that took yeah, over yeah. for... And I thought that was that was decent. I I like that run, but I really like the take, uh, where Moon Knight was kind of <clears throat> seeing versions of Spider Man and Wolverine and Captain America as parts of his personality, as as reflections of who he wants to be as a superhero. And that was the Bendis Maliev. That was right? the Bendis Malieve arc, and I thought that that was really good stuff. So,
1: so Matt, are you going to go back for number two? Yeah, I will. Um... I, I kind of want to see what's going on. Um, usually Lemire leaves you pretty satisfied, so even if this one didn't grab me, I'm pretty sure by the end of these five issues that I'll be happy. So we'll see. If not, then, you know, then strike one for, for Lemire. Good. I'm,
0: I'm uh, curious to casually flip through issue number two when you, buy. It. exciting. By the way, what was really nice about flipping through this is you were doing real-time uh, story synopsis as I was flipping through <laughs> the pages, so it was it was really like I was reading an audio comic.
2: <laughs> it was like the uh, 45 record was playing. It was like Dang. Uh, yeah, turn the page.
1: I was I was kind of I realized this after the fact as I, after I read it. Well, actually. you guys got
0: ahead of me because you were like catheads, and I was like, fuck, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> the cover price on this book was 4 oh $4. fuck
0: you Marvel and I was
1: like fuck oh this must you. be a, a special thick like anniversary issue no no it's a comic book extra trade. take your
2: money issue yep
1: there you go Marvel nice job That's terrible it's my own fault for not paying attention I should have known Marvel Comics well was that the only book you bought uh, I also got uh, Gold Key Alliance but I haven't read it yet is publishing the feelings Dynamite that's with the uh, field Golden Geekers yeah, it's yeah. A, a team up of uh, Magnus Robot Fighter Samson Doc Savage Solar mm-hmm. and Turok which I think is kind of interesting that Doc Samson um, uh, Doc Samson um, Doc well, Samson Doc Savage and, and Magnus are all kind of like the same thing uh, I don't know.
2: Did you like it?
1: I didn't yet. That's going to
0: do it for us tonight. We had some cinematic X Men talk. We had some comic book talk. Some deep cut comic book talk. Talk tonight. Talk. Comic talk, talk. Comic book talk tonight. We're going to do it for this episode. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.
3: I'm getting really sick of guys named Todd. You know, yeah, it's just a goofy, it's a goofy fucking name, okay? Hi, what's your name? Todd. I'm Todd. And this is Blake and Blair and Blaine and Brent. Where are all these goofy fucking boys' names coming from? Taylor, Tyler, Jordan, Flynn. These are not real names. want to hear a real name? Eddie. Eddie is a real name. Whatever happened to Eddie? He was here a minute ago. Joey and Jackie and Johnny and Phil, Bobby and Tommy and Danny and Bill. What happened? Todd and Cody and Dylan and Cameron and Tucker. Hi, Tucker. I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm Tucker. Fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. And fuck Tucker's friend Kyle. Yeah. Here's another soft name for a boy, Kyle. Soft names make soft people. I'll bet you anything that ten times out of ten, Nikki, Vinny, and Tony will beat the shit out of Todd, Kyle, and Tucker.